Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Jacob Morrison's new documentary film, River's End, explores the global water crisis. Using California as a microcosm, it reveals how water politics that led to the draining of the Owens Valley by the city of Los Angeles and made famous by the film Chinatown continue to this day in an ongoing effort to take even more water from Northern California's San Francisco Bay estuary. Except this time the water grab is in the hands of industrial agriculture and its powerful corporate investors. River's End inspires viewers to learn where their water comes from so we can save our rivers and the ecosystems and communities that depend upon them. The film is called River's End and we're joined today by the director and that would be Jacob Morrison. Jacob Morrison, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you very much for having me. Jacob, tell me a little bit about what inspired you to begin what is an immense undertaking for people who don't know and don't understand the ramifications of water in California in particular. It's a huge puzzle to unravel. Tell me what inspired you to get this particular documentary, River's End, underway. First of all, thank you for appreciating that because I think a lot of people could assume that maybe um, there was some book or something that would kind of tell you these are the people to talk to and this is the story and just go out and do it. But it really was a discovery. Um, so it started when I was in film school, actually, at USC. My cousin, Sam Fury, who wanted to be a producer and I wanted to be a director, and we were looking for a project to work on together just as a short film to do over the summer. And that was during the height of the last drought. We were going out with our cameras. It wasn't until I met someone named John Herrick, who is the attorney for the South Delta, who was talking about how two-thirds of Californians get all of their water, from, or at least some of their water from this one area called Delta, an ecosystem there that's in decline. Also, there's these two giant tunnels that they want to build to divert water from the Delta to bigger agriculture in the Central Valley and in the Southern California. So I sort of realized there was this like epic story there that I that I wanted to tell, but I realized it would have to be a feature film. And so it, it was a long journey that I kind of embarked on from that point on. How many, and how many years have you been working on this? Started, I guess, now about six years ago. And yeah, the film was probably completed about a year, year and a half ago. And as I said in the introduction, water is the story of California. Water is the story of Los Angeles. Water is the story of agriculture. Water is the story of so many very, very important parts of California. And it has played out in ways that, it, well, I mentioned Chinatown. It's even more horrific in terms of the, the, the body count and, and the damage done to communities who had water as opposed to communities that didn't have water who are more powerful. I happen to have lived in, in the Owens Valley, Mammoth Lakes, actually, for three years. And the stories I heard from people whose families had been impacted by the Los Angeles, well, the water and power grab of the early 1900s still resonates with them. They still literally hate people from Los Angeles because of what happened 120 years ago. So... I'm this is I'm just giving some context to all this, just how 
ingrained in the history of California water is? Is that a fair, am I being fair to in that assessment? First of all, people should know that a lot of the places where people live in California are places that wouldn't naturally have a lot of water. So a city like Los Angeles or San Diego need lots and lots of water imported into the city in order for that city to be able to sustain the size that they are now. And so, yeah, in the early 1900s, Los Angeles realized that they were only going to grow if they went out and got more water. And in order to do that, they went to the Owens Valley, which sort of made the most sense to them. But it was just a part of this history in California where we go and take water from one place and really destroy that place to benefit the place that we're taking the water to. It happened in the Owens Valley even before Los Angeles did it. Actually, the ranchers, settlers that were there did this to the Native Americans who had originally settled in that place. So it's it's just a history that we need to we need to end the cycle. But at least what I tried to do in the film was emphasize how we're still doing that and today at a much bigger scale. Key in the telling of the story of Rivers End is the story of the Delta in the Bay Area. What an incredible ecosystem. What a unique gatherer of water that area, that particular part of California is. Let's talk about how that fits into the big picture here, where it fits in. California Bay Delta, otherwise known as the Sacramento San Joaquin Bay Delta, it's located sort of east of San Francisco Bay, for those who may not have heard of it. And interestingly, even though two-thirds of Californians get their water from the Delta, most Californians have never heard of it. They've never been there. They don't know about it, which just goes with this general theme of people kind of not thinking about where their water comes from and thinking it comes from the tap. But of course, it, it doesn't. So the Delta is sort of amazing watershed. Uh, it's home to a lot of uh, birds and fish, wildlife. Uh, so it's this key ecosystem in California. The major rivers in California all sort of coalesce there before flowing out to the San Francisco Bay. It's an important ecosystem. It's also the heart, uh, in a way, of the salmon fishing industry in California. And it's where, you know, agriculture as well as cities get their water. So it's become really the, the battleground of California's water wars. And there are are particular players in this game, in this very serious game of water allocation that are more important than others. And I want to get a statistic out there for our listeners, which is that in the state of California, 80% of the water that we produce over the course of a year goes to agriculture. In the Central Valley, the San Joaquin Valley is the big player in all of that. So when people talk about water conservation and they talk about people in their homes and we can have an impact, but the real players in terms of uh, impacting the amount of water that we use in this state is agriculture. Let's talk about some of the big players in, in that particular aspect of water usage in, in California. So that's exactly right. And, you know, there's a lot of people in agriculture who will say, no, actually, 40% is used by agriculture, 10% is used by cities, and 50% is used by the environment, which I always thought was sort of a weird argument, like how, how is the environment using the water? We just are taking water. Um, but yes, you're right. Agriculture uses uh, the vast majority of water in the state, uh, despite making up only 2% of the state's economy. Before maybe we talk about 
people, I think it's important to note that the crops we're talking about mm -hmm. that use up all this water oftentimes are not crops that are very important and oftentimes are imported elsewhere. So they don't actually benefit us. For example, almonds in California grows 80% of the world's almonds. It takes one gallon of water to grow a single almond. We now have over 2 million uh, acres of almond trees in California in the desert uh, during a drought. And of course, what's, what's also bad about almond trees is they're trees. So they're this investment where you have to water them every year. It doesn't matter if there's a drought or not, unlike other crops that you can take out. Uh, that puts a lot of pressure on the system. Um, and so you can bet these interests, these, these corporations that plant all these trees, they put a lot of money behind kind of lobbying and making sure that they, they can continue their business and get as much water as possible. So, you know, there's almonds, there's alfalfa, which is primarily a cattle feed, which uses 10% um, of the water in the state. So that's the same amount of water as all the uh, outdoor landscaping in every city combined, you know, walnuts, pistachios. So we all love our almond milk and our coffee, but I think people don't realize the impact it has. You know, also interesting is that California is known as being a place of agriculture. And I think people have this idea of agriculture being small farms and family farms and uh, the farmers are actually working on the field. And it's just really not the case anymore, uh, at least in the Central Valley in California. For the most part, it's been sort of eaten up by these big agricultural corporations, which maximize use of water to grow now mostly almonds and pistachios and walnuts. The, the family farmer is really this myth that, that only exists in places like the Delta and places where, where small farming is still kind of surviving. But yeah, you see people like the Resnicks who have the largest farm in California. They're, they're billionaires and they live in Beverly Hills and they never actually work the ground, obviously. And uh, they're, yeah, they're one of the biggest uh, exporters of almonds, pomegranate juice, all that. Is that the wonderful corporation? Is that what the wonderful talking? corporation, which uses more water than all of the homes in Los Angeles combined? There's just something Orwellian about the name, isn't there? Uh, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Jacob Morrison. He's the director of the documentary film River's End. And you said something earlier, which I think is important to point out. And it's for good reason that most people have no idea how water gets to them. They turn on their tap, they take their showers, they water their plants. They have no effing idea what it took to get that water to them. But if someday they turn on their tap and their water didn't come out, it would be a seismic event in California. And, the, and it would be an ugly series of events that would follow if that were the case. We have gone through this in the drought. In the last drought, people were being uh, water rationing took place. I know not so much in places where there was a lot of political power, but it did take place in kind of the outlying areas of California, which says something as well. And the idea that we don't know much about the Delta, I think this is something that goes along with the fact that there are literally hundreds of water districts in this state. Each one of them carves out just a small section of the water allocation and distribution, and they are so powerful. That's another thing. They'll, just those water districts, putting aside Westland and the big agribusinesses, these water districts, which I have had some experience with personally, have an enormous amount of money in, tied up in them. It is just this kind of mosaic of unknowable things about water. Again, help me or correct me if I'm being... Yeah, that's, that's right. And that's, I think, where a lot of the intrigue comes from. 
But I also think that there are a lot of people who want it to be complicated yes. because that kind of allows the status quo to continue. Yes. I think that if people really understood kind of the fundamentals of where their water comes from and how much is being used for what and see how that plays into the drought, I think that there would be more political will to change things. But we're just bombarded with so much information, conflicting information. And, you know, I I, I think it's intentional. I, I really do. I do too. Well, Rivers End is a primer on water in California in a way that is understandable, relatable, something that you can wrap your arms around and get at least the broad outlines of where we are and where we're headed. And you did a great job of giving us the players, the big players in this game and its importance. It is hard to understate. It's difficult to not say just how incredibly important this issue is. So if you're listening to this conversation, I urge you to go to the website to find out more, riversandfilm.com, riversandfilm.com to find out more. It will be available on Apple TV beginning on November 2nd. So many reasons for you to watch this and so many reasons to care about what this film is about. Anything you want to leave us with? I would just say uh, whether you watch the film or not, and of course I, I hope you do, learn where your water comes from. And if you go to our website, we have a page on uh, the website. If you click the resources tab where you can actually find where your water comes from. And uh, I think everyone at least knew that first step would be a long way towards uh, making positive change. Jacob Morrison, thank you so very much for this film. I can't, again, I think you can tell how invested I feel in this issue. And I hope other people after watching this film, if they don't already feel the way I do, they will. And I appreciate your work here. So thank you so much for spending a little time with us here on Film School Radio. My pleasure, Mike. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. Thank you.